How did a man born in Kerala, Western India, become a leader of a Maoist cult in Lambeth, London in the 1970s, yet managed to stay so far under the radar that for over 30 years his crimes, namely rape and indecent assault, along with allegations of brainwashing, domestic slavery and even an unexpected death or two, were not noticed by anyone in authority. This is the case of the Workers' Institute of Marxism-Leninism Mao Zedong Thought. The Workers' Institute, a.k.a. the Lambeth Slavery Case, a.k.a. Comrade Balala, a.k.a. the Cult Next Door. And this is Murder Me on Monday. me a while back for a cult case that wasn't well known and um, certainly outside the, Cape, the UK. The only reason why I bring it up is because I don't want it to just be a, a really bland format of this is the person, this is what they did, blah blah blah. I kind of want to mix it up a bit and have, and have something weird like a, a cult case or... Yeah, exactly. And, and most cults people immediately think of David Koresh, Branch Davidians, or they might think of Jim Jones um, out in Ghana. You can even throw in um, the Sharon Tate LaBianca murders, Charlie Mason, Manson. Yeah, Manson, not Mason. But this one is specifically UK. A lot of people think this case is about domestic slavery or brainwashing due to the court case, which was well publicised at the time. But it goes way, way deeper than that. So buckle up. You said buckle up, but there's something I want to address first. So I mentioned it in the previous podcasts. You guys are kind of behind by a certain amount because we recorded in two-parter and then kept recording from beyond that. But at some point, we will take a weekend off. So it won't affect the production of the podcast because you'll get them anyway, but it will affect our recording of it. Because right now, we're using the new microphones and stuff, but for you, it'll be like two episodes until you actually notice any change in effect and i'm still learning and i don't actually know what i'm doing i'm still kind of shit with it because it's it's finding a good balance for the gain and the peak so the voices still sound good because we spent money on an audio setup and we actually want it to be better than it was we think it is we've got it looks much fancier we've got this big ass mixer taking up all the space on my desk and i'm just trying not to knock myself out on the microphone that's rammed in my face these days that's just something i wanted to address first but anyway you said buckle up so tell us about this weird cult sex thing right i'm yeah it is it is that as well. It's always a sex cult. Yeah. It's, it's never not a sex cult. It shouldn't have been, but that's what it evolved into, it, it, the underlying story of it. But it's, it's just so weird. I'm going to start with what is Maoism. After all, that is what founded this group. The followers call it Mao Zedong thought or simply Maoism is the vision, is the policy, is the ideology and political thought of Mao Zedong and his associates in the Chinese Communist Party that were practised from around 1920 until the death of Mao Zedong in 1976. It seems to be basically that the advocates for peasants as the main revolutionaries in China because they are better suited to establish a revolutionary class in the country compared to the industrial working class. Now, I'm sure the political students now are shaking their fists at their phones because that's a direct quote. I did try and die further, but the nuances of the who and the why were frankly lost on me. Let's just stick with it's a form of communism, yeah? That's what I was going to ask. Is it, is it just a form of communism? Yeah. Now, the definition of a cult, and I look this up, it's a noun. A religion or religious sect generally considered to be 
uh, extremist or false with its followers, often living in unconventional manner under the guidance of an authority, authority under the guidance of an authority, authority, authoritarian. That's the one. Charismatic leader. My tongue don't fit again. Or the followers of such a religion or sect. So what? Whilst most people think of a cult as religion-based, anything that is a group with what could be considered societal, unusual goals or even aims, the themes are such as spiritual or philosophical beliefs or by its common interest in a particular personality, object or goal, is defined by many as a cult. Aravindan Balakrishnanan was born in Kerala, India, as I said. That's, that's a winning word in Scrabble. What the fuck is that name? I know, okay, I know it's slightly, it might be prejudicial or whatever. I'm from the UK. My name's Cameron. That's quite a simple name. But that name there has got about two vowels in it. The rest of it is just consonants. Yeah, I practiced that one a bit. So as I said, he was born in uh, 1940. So this was what was due, during what was known as the Raj in India. And in, it was in, they were involved in World War II. But it's hugely controversial, so I won't get into that. So anyhow, he moved to... Why? Sy- oh, he, I, I, you say I, it's controversial, but you don't say why. Those out there that know about the Raj in India and what happened to the Indians during World War II, it was the start of the fight for independence from the UK or the, the, you know, the empire. And it's, you can really go into, you know, all the different schools of thoughts about the good and the bad and all the rest of it. And it was just like, well, we're not getting into that because that's not what this is about. But he moved to Singapore when he was nine as his parents were already there. And he said that his father was a soldier. So how that worked as an ethnic Indian, I've got no idea in Singapore, but that's... Well, you mean as being a... Almost a re- not refugee, but yeah, I mean, in... I mean, I guess he's not because if his father's a soldier, he's not being yeah, necessarily but... taken there from a product of war. No, but if his father's a soldier, is he a soldier in the Malaysian army? And how did he get to be that if he was well, b- born in was India? Are you sure he was in the Singaporean? I'm not sure if that's even the right word, army, or was he in the Indian army in Singapore? Whether or not they had a, a thing that's there? not clear. It seems there is no because unless he's. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Don't know. It's 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 quoted in many many places, but it's not clarified. And the only person that we can actually get the information from is not going to tell us, is he? So it seems from what little I can gather that he didn't have a good relationship with his parents, and it certainly skewed his attitude to family later on, as you will find out. So skip forward a few years, and Comrade Balala, as he became to be known, was studying at the University of Singapore and becoming increasingly politically active and actually became a bit of a problem for the university and the state of Malaysia in general. So he, despite believing the United Kingdom to be a fascist state due to its treatment of the people in Singapore, Bala, Bala Krishnanan emigrated... Can we call him something else, please? Bala. Bala. Okay, we'll call him Bala, because you're having a stroke each time you try and say yeah. that. I, I can see you... I can see you reading the words and then I can see that you see that that word's coming up and you kind of psych yourself up to say his name <laughs> yeah. and then and then it comes out wrong. Yeah. He emigrated to the UK in 1963 on a British Council scholarship to study at the London School of Economics and he married his wife Chandra in 1971. So he joined any and every communist party type organization out there in london at that time and there were a load of them how did he manage to go from india to singapore to the uk what sort of method is that for him getting here well back in those days it was much much easier and as well 
because he was Indian born, because he got this scholarship, Indian. I guess yeah. If he's doing quite well academically, why wouldn't he be able to do something like that? His yeah, and it, there were a lot of British passport holders. Yeah. So he came over here and he stayed, but he so he got very heavily involved in the communist parties in London, and in 1974, Bala and his small clique were expelled from the Communist Party of England on account of their pursuance of conspiratorial and splittist activities. That's direct quote. They were spreading social fa fascist slanders against the party and the proletarian movement and attempting to put themselves above the discipline of the party. Bala thought that the Conservative Party, the, sorry, the Communist Party of England was far too moderate. Yet they were actually, the CPE, were reported as they were actually considered quite thuggish. They were quite violent. They wouldn't think twice about slapping someone. I always think, though, with... If you have an extremist part in the UK that's that's coming from the UK, it seems to be something more like an EDL, something that's very racist in itself. Mm. So when he says something like the Communist Party, which is deemed quite radical, and then for a a someone to come from a foreign country, so I think that's not radical enough. If, even though the connotations there aren't inherently racist themselves, you'd like it's I don't know, it seems quite Yeah. It seems quite strange, I think. Yeah. Quite self destructive. Yep. That's wild. I mean, yeah, I guess it's different. I'm, I'm just thinking it's part of EDL or something, but it's very much not that. It's a communist party. Yeah. Uh, well, Bala, as I said, he thought they were too moderate. So he set up his own group, the Workers' Institute, and launched his own publication, the South London Workers' Bulletin, which actually accused the CPA of being fascists and agent, agents of imperialism. So, again, it's usually as a faction breaks off... They start. We're not, you're not the IRA. We're the real IRA. Yeah. What? That's something of my age generation. It's you don't do that. What? Say anything about the IRA? Why? Because it, it was considered. I grew up through the troubles. Yeah. No. No. I know. But this. We're not during the war. You can say the word Nazi and not get blown up for it. <laughs> the, the, the walls don't have eyes. Or walls yeah, have ears. No, 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 but you can. But it, it's something like that, isn't it? Where they divide off, and much of like the Catholics yes. and Protestant is. You're. It's. They're of the same thing, but they kind of have like a, a disagreement Schism. about yeah. one. Yeah, and then they thing. start hurling insults at each other. Yeah, and, is... that, and that's why I say it's not. We're not the. The word that I'm, I'm not now not allowed to say is fucking Voldemort, apparently. Yeah, yeah basically. So, over the years, um, Bala built up a following. Um, he was giving lectures and staging various sittings and protests, and he was a regular attendee at London demonstrations where he waved banners depicting Chinese leader Mao Zedong or Chairman Mao. So between 1974 and 1976, his followers attempted to build a revolutionary stable base area in working class communities, primarily in South London. That was his goal. So eventually, after the more liberal members of his group drifted away, a core of around 10 female members formed around him. So that's significant. Why? I mean, you... I'm not asking as, as if you'll have the answer to this because you're not them. You can't pretend to know. But why did people suddenly just form around him? Do you think that they just shared the same ideology he did? They started off with the same ideologies he did. They were mixed. There was what, what nationality are they? All, all international okay. students. There's, there was a couple of English, British, but the majority were international students. And he, it was mixed sex. Um, there were male and females, and there were about 16 of them at one point. But by 1976, they say the 
the liberal ones that started thinking, now this is going too far, this is just too much, it's, it's too far. You can have the thoughts and the goals and the aspirations, but sometimes people just get, no, this is too much for me, I'm, I'm done now, I'm, I'm out. And it's interesting that it was just this group of 10 women. So in 1976, they called themselves the Collective by then. That's already getting really culty. Yeah. With the Collective, for we are many. That's a bit... Yeah. That, that, well, that, at that time, they had the title, the Workers' Institute of Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong Thought. But they spoke of themselves as the Collective, which you, you end up thinking like the hive mind. Yeah. That's where my brain went yeah, with that one. Yeah, that's what I said, Legion. Well, that's yeah. what I said for We Are Many. They're just... Yeah. So Mao Zedong died in 1976. The Institute opened the Mao Zedong Memorial Centre in Acre Lane in Brixton. But in 1977, the Singaporean authorities revoked um, Bala's citizenship, which he had held since he was 20 years old. They said he was an enemy of the state and along with other dissidents of the Singapore regime were looking to strategically, basically create a coup. I'm guessing by this point he didn't really care because he had his own collective. They accused him of um, trying to take down the government in Singapore and there's this one little chap with 10 people around him. But he must have been quite an orator at some point that they got worried enough about him to actually revoke his citizenship. There's a lot of... Um political I can't think of the word uh, figureheads there's a lot there's a lot of political figureheads for, for only for example Hitler mm -hmm. he he had incredible speaking ability yes. and not towards the end and he's a bit drugged off his nut and thinking yeah people can just yeah, <laughs> if you ever watch any of the films of him, he was a great orator yes were, that's what people thought he had this ability to manipulate people's minds and brainwash them and it's just because public speaking like that hadn't been formed it was in its, its infancy because there wasn't the capacity to speak people speak to people in such a large format like that. So when he when he'd speak to people, especially in these Nazi rallies, you'd have these young people that were crying in almost in admiration for this man. Despite but not only that, this was his coming Hitler coming out. If you think about it, it was probably the first time that these things were recorded visually and audio, and they were played in cinemas. So people that couldn't go to these. Yeah. So it was able to reach a bigger audience. And yeah, obviously it, it, there was editing done. And you know far more about editing than I, I do. The amount of fuck-ups and sat weird sounds that happened during the recording of this and people never catch them because I managed to get rid of them is really is really impressive. Okay, and, and our podcast takes about four hours to edit. And you think, why? And it's just because there's a lot of shit. <laughs> well, last week was my bloody stomach wouldn't shut up. I was yeah, and, muffling and it. And despite having the new microphones that are far more sensitive or far less... They're more sensitive, but you have to be much closer to the mic. It was still somehow picking up a stomach gurgle. Yeah, it was a bit embarrassing. But um, going back to his ability to speak and then for some reason Singapore feeling threatened by him. Yes. It's a group of him and then apparently 10 women. Were there no, yeah. were there no men involved? No, they'd left. So why, did they, so why did Singapore specifically think this group of 11 people were some large threat? Because they were loud. They were vocal. They were... What's the primary political party of Singapore at this time? Because if, if he's just rabid communi communist... They weren't communist, let me tell you that much. I, I didn't actually write down the, the prime minister's name um, or the premier's name because I did have it and I thought if I try and even pronounce that one, I'm going to be here yeah. for half an hour, so I'll give up True. with that one. So they're, they're open, they're loud, they're visible, yeah? It gets darker. Bala imposed his own rules upon his collective... 
he frowned on sexual activity. That's With everyone it. apart from him? Yeah, I was just going to say that. It sounds familiar, doesn't That's it? That's convenient. Every, everyone that sets up a cult is fuck ugly, and they always think, I'm allowed to have sex with everyone. No, that's not true. Koresh wasn't ugly. You say you say like, you say like Koresh, like I know him, like he's on David Excellent. David Koresh, Branch Davidians. I, you would know that one if I, you, you saw it. I, okay, one of the first things that we said when we created this podcast is, I know fuck all about true crime. I'm just here to be... I, I know some really fringe weird shit, but I don't know anything right. So when you say, when, early when you said those names, I thought, they're, they're nice names. I don't know who they are. So most of them are just thinking, just this is a good way of getting women, and for some reason women join the group, and I, don't, I genuinely don't understand why. I know if you're indoctr- indoctrinated as like a child, you'd stay within the cult, but beyond that, I don't understand why. It's really, and then and if, if someone were to say, there's, no one's had any sex apart from with me, you can watch. Well, no, it wasn't with him to start. That's the thing. It's it was it, sexual activity wasn't a thing. This is after the start of free love, the start of birth control. Women were understanding their own sexuality and their own wants and needs. And you could argue that this came about because they decided they didn't want to give their bodies away to men for whatever reason. And Barlow made them feel safe because you don't have to have sex and uh, all the rest of it. If Again, I always think about this. If, if someone's really charismatic enough to be able to run a cult and, and gather these group of people, do something else. Do something good with it. You'd be, you'd be good at it. You, yeah. can make, you can make money doing this and yeah yeah so at this point he's got men and women sleeping separately at the commune house now he held court inside this center that they opened up in brixton and he forecast that the chinese people's liberation army would invade britain by 1980 did they well we I was born in 96. Loads of shit could have happened between then. I think I would have noticed if we'd suddenly become a communist state, but we didn't anyway. The people only left the collective in pairs, so they couldn't leave the centre or where they were living unless they were, as as a pair, went out. Barlow instilled a, a siege mentality amongst his followers against the fascist agents of the state bent on harassing them. He said it was a life and death struggle. And one of the most loyal members of the collective said afterwards, he he had them that scared that I mean we are talking the 1980s. That London is was one a of bit... the really typical manipulation tactics of a cult, much like underground cults. Um, yeah. You you create you're always going to be in danger. You, you create an or you suggest a narrative that X or Z is going to happen, and then later on you say something to confirm that narrative, and then you go on as if that narrative is the truth. So you. You progressively manipulate. It's a, it's a common tactic in. Um, so you kind of asked you answered your own question that you were on earlier. Why were these people? It slowly. No, no, but that's that's only if you're integrated into that society in the first place. So someone said to me that a comet's going to hit us. I'd be like, yeah, but no. But then if he had said that to them, they think, oh, da da, that's true. But I know that's because they're taught in such a way to always believe him. But they they joined this cult as fully matured women or near enough. I don't know. I don't know the age range. You haven't said it, but. With that, I was going to say that manipulation tactic is really common amongst debates or things done online where mm. if someone says, oh, this person might have done that and so they're creating the narrative and then they suggest or pr- try to provide evidence for that and then they speak as if it was true but they're completely taking that thing out of context mm-hmm. or manipulating it in such a way to suit their means. I'm not sure that that's what this guy's done, but... Well, I mean, we're talking the 19, 1980s here. We're talking Lambeth, South London. And he had the 
collective members that convinced that if they went out the front door, they were going to be attacked, raped, killed, murdered, whatever. Did they forget the last like, 20 years before that where that hadn't happened? Would, as I said before, a lot of them were international students and they probably didn't have the street smarts that a UK kid would have done. Maybe. There was a drugs raid on their memorial centre in March of 1978 it was much more likely that a lot of, as their members were international students, they'd actually were arrested um, on deportation orders, having overstayed visas and such, such like. That had actually happened previously. But Bala claimed it was a drug raid and made it seem more in tune with their political aspirations, the state being bad, etc., and spying on them, as they were not drug takers or involved, so it had to be a political setup. That's how he fed this narrative afterwards. So he and his wife and 13 others were actually arrested, which led him to serving a brief stint in Brixton Prison. Two of his collective were later jailed for assaulting police officers when they went to see Bala in jail. Their cause wasn't helped by shouting, long live Chairman Mao, during their trial. So, yeah, that'll go down well in the court, wouldn't it? But this experience made the increasingly bizarre Bala take the group underground, off the radar, if you will. Not sure if he was just manipulating people or genuinely starting to believe his own, own hype of all this stuff he was coming out with. He ousted all the men from the group. So if they hadn't already left, they were gone. And then in 1979, he decides that the outside world is just too dangerous for the collective. And he shuts everyone away from outside influence. Well, as much as he can. He doesn't physically lock them away, but he mentally manipulates them. And you're not going out. You don't need to be involved in the world. You don't need to know what's going on. He had members being convinced to end all contact with um, friends and main, maintain an intense level of secrecy. They were not allowed to seek any medical help, which explains a few things later. And they were not allowed to read anything that was not prescribed communist works. Family members were later branded fascist agents and ostracised. And Bala convinced his followers that everything that was controlled by him from the sun, the moon, the wind and fire, and that he could overthrow governments, control natural disasters and make people live or die. This is... OK, read that again. What... Okay. He, he convinced what, what, what did these fuckwits think that this guy could do exactly but i'll, I'll explain further on what he's, read it again what what he's what he and let, they weren't allowed to read anything they didn't have a television set no to, no 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 but just do me a favor read it again bala convinced his followers that everything was controlled by him okay the, okay point one <laughs> every time you go through this i'm gonna so they think that he everything is controlled by him mm -hmm. why is everybody not a communist party if you can control everything exactly next point uh, yeah. Ne next point. Do, do the it. sun, the moon. How how is it? What? How? What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's no. Well, so they, so he controls the sun and the fucking moon. Apparently, what's he doing Wind. with it? What? That's controlled by the moon. Next one. Fire. What's he going to do with the fire? Okay, he could, okay, he can control the fire. What's he doing with it? He could overthrow governments. Why hasn't he? Control natural disasters. He blames a disaster. He blames a few disasters on his on, powers. 
because they because his followers pissed him off. But I'll get to that. Is that is it like the Simpsons where have you seen have you seen all the predictions the Simpsons have made? Oh yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's genuinely really cr- like they do want Donald Trump being president. They've done and they've done weird shit. And you're like how have you done this? They did they predict? Yes, they predicted the um, iPad at one point. Did they? Yeah. Um, there's a scene where it's I I I I'll miss time it. I don't know when that like, the iPad or the iPhone came out, but it would have been the early noughties or mid to late noughties, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, in that in like a nineties episode, they did one set in the future, and they have basically a white pad that they press on the thing. Star Trek didn't even do that. No. Star Trek, they 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 had this like thing to dial a fucking thing to bring someone up in a separate spaceship light years away. They did that, and but Simpsons got it right. So, so I'm getting irate at this. <laughs> in order to progress his cause, Balakrishnan invented Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E, which is an acronym for Jehovah, Allah, Christ, Krishna, and immortal what? Iswaran. Spell it again. So it's J- Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E. And then what's the... Jehovah, Allah, Christ, Krishna... And immortal Iswaran. Okay, so at least he got the acronym right. At least he can spell. Yeah, and it's a type of dangerous mystical machine that monitored all thought and could control minds. Yeah, I know, I know. You, you, this is what my face was like when I was starting. I'm not like some. Okay, just approach stuff with like some form of like logical thought applied to this. Demonstrate this, fuck boy. Do something. Oh, he he. So the collective they lived in between 13 and 15 homes as they moved around London, sometimes evicted for failure to pay rent. And the women were sent out to work to earn funds to put into a collective pot to keep the commune running. One was a nurse and the other worked for a trade union, although Bala hated trade unions, but not enough not to take the money from her wages. He absolutely hated trade unions. He thought they were... Why? Exactly. They breached his... Type but of it, communist thought. But I was going to say, isn't it still a type of? Surely some of that stuff workers, aligns yeah. with his thing, which would be, uh, which would be. I'm not saying that this is necessarily communist, but wouldn't that be something that he agrees well, with? Well, no, because or, this... or is it? Or is it his line of thinking? I'm not saying you'd know this, but that it's better to, in his eyes, to not be communist at all, rather than be slightly communist but not quite his communist. So it's somehow worse. I understand exactly what you say there, and I'm. I'm. Is that? I'm do, not, do you think that's what he thinks? Is that? Oh, you're not quite communist enough, so you're worse. Well, the the male thought was it was better to be a farmer than to be somebody that worked in industry. And where do trade unions predominantly? But I think, but aren't they trying? I know they're predominantly um, op, yeah. operated in industry. But why is it better to be a farmer than in? in, in does he want on, people to only be farmers? Or something, but then that clearly won't work because then if everyone's a farmer, no one's a farmer. There was a lot of problems. Um, with, That's a quote from with Syndrome. The male, with the male form of communism, but yeah, you've got a nurse. Now, a nurse in the UK has to have a degree. Back then, you didn't. You could actually do it as vocational and get your qualifications as you worked on the job. But one would assume and one would hope that she was relatively well educated, but she was still part of this cult. Now, Bala made them write down every little thing about their lives in notebooks. And he had them writing down things like bowel movements to praising him and self-criticism. Is he going to say something like, ah, I bet you went for a shit today? And they go, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, you're not far wrong with that. 
I know you're joking, but it's not far off that. That's the method that psychics use in certain cold readings. They make you write stuff down. Literally, literally this is true. They make you write stuff down on a notepad or, or on something. Then you submit it. And then a psychic will call, call the room and say, oh, I bet someone's nan oh, called, yeah, yeah, yeah. called yeah. Hil- Hillary died. And so I goes, oh, that was me. Yeah. And yeah. So, so he would have them. And, and he was big on they had to be self-critical. Everything they wrote down in the books, you know, I, I'm a bad person because of this. I slept for six hours last night. I should have slept for five hours and 30 minutes under, you know, that sort of stuff. He would read these notebooks. They had to hand them in and he would mark it like a teacher. He would, you know, yeah. So during this time, 1979, his wife, that we've only met the once, went into a diabetic coma. Now, remember this not being able to seek medical treatment? He became more unhinged. She was in a coma. Was, was he not allowing her to get insulin? Yeah. You, it, it, I'll explain what he refers to the NHS as later. If he but, could yeah. control everything, why didn't he fix her diabetes? Exactly. I, I was it type but, one. I, I assume it was type one. We don't know. She, we don't even know that she knew she had diabetes. Yeah. She went unconscious. They eventually somehow got medical treatment to her. I'm thinking that by this point, they're thinking, oh, hell, we're going to have a dead body on our hands. And she was in a diabetic coma in hospital for two weeks. He becomes even more unhinged. She's in hospital for two weeks. This is the trigger. He starts sexually assaulting collective members and using his power and authority over them to sexually and mentally abuse them. He had one woman believing that the Americans were exerting mind control over her through the fact that she wore Levi jeans. It was to do with the the rivets on them, specifically Levi jeans. Women were summoned to his room and almost like an appointment system for his sexual gratification. Some spoke of their disgust at what happened but felt powerless to leave. Again, classic behaviour. He forced oral sex on them and told them to... <clears throat> swallow as he was giving them the elixir of life um there's uh have you heard of bikram's yoga yes i know yeah the hot I yoga. Know, yeah i he, know about that he's mental he yeah. goes people will pay one million dollars for a drop of my sperm yeah <laughs> and he's like, hello yeah so these public meetings that bala would rant and rave at it they ended in 1982 hopefully it was through lack of public interest i mean people have moved on with the communism thought by that point but it meant his delusional behavior was focused on the women in the collective he didn't have any way to get it out and start attacking or you know recruiting new people yeah the the drive for communism had gone down and that was his sole thing yeah now he's only left for people that are stuck in this cult yeah they're incredibly insulated as a result yeah now one of the women within the collective was a, a young woman called Sean Davies. She was from a wealthy background and a former student from Cheltenham Ladies College, which is high end. She, as I said, was wealthy. She paid the rent for Barla's Workers Institute in Brixton. Now, she became pregnant by Barla around 1982 and gave birth to a daughter in 1983. He claimed How many children had been... Is, that, is this the first child? The one and only child that we okay. know of. Bala claimed the pregnancy was due to electrical, electrical interference. Surely the nurse that's part of this cult would be like, eh, that's not how it works, fella. That's what worried me, yeah. So 
he may not have had public meetings. This is why education is important. Genuine. I know these people are educated, but this is why education is genuinely important because you could go, no. So he, he may not have had these public meetings anymore, but it didn't stop him lecturing his collective. After all, he didn't work. He was far too engaged in ideological and political work to demean himself. Plus, the women worked anyway, and they took care of the collective income. So his methods to keep this collective on side, and, and bearing in mind he had no outlet for his thoughts and that because he wasn't doing public meetings, they included four-hour lectures where members of the collective had to form a circle round him and listen to him. Bala expounded on his theory of synchronicity. When somebody spoke ill of Bala, then global disasters unfolded elsewhere. We're going to get into those theories later on. Members of the collective had to sing songs eulogising him and criticise themselves in group sessions. Those of the collective who made the tiniest transgression, such as not taking the bins out on time or folding the laundry the wrong way, would be beaten. Bala said that he had to control people's minds and scrub them clean of the bourgeois culture and lifestyle. The house was locked at all times and those inside were un un unable to come and go freely. They were not allowed to go into certain streets. Bala said that the doors had to be locked to keep out the fascist agents who would otherwise be planted amongst the people living around us. One evening, Bala was ranting and shouting at one of the collective and she decided she had to go. She'd had enough. She used the words, I quote, I voluntarily and consciously want to leave. He turned round and yelled at her and she hit him. And I'm like, yeah, go, sister. And then she was then held down by other collective members as he attacked her, punching her with both hands around her face. He told her that the fascists had got inside her and he was beating it out of her. Following the attack, she was unable to turn, return to work for about three weeks because the bruising was so severe. So that either had to be one of the, the nurse or the trade union member. Are they the only two people that were inside Working, the club that worked? The, the only yeah, two? Yeah. How are two people meant to support a group of about 16 people? In those days, there were a lot of benefits. There were a lot of benefits that were given to you. And the, all this, this housing they were in was council housing. Yeah, true. And well they, had, well, they had one wealthy member, didn't they? Yeah. So she could have funded a lot of the stuff. Why would a political leaning... It's almost like he doesn't like cults that control how people think. But he's a cult and controls how people thinks. I, I don't know. I don't. Well, this poor woman who'd been beaten up, she'd been in the cult for 13 years and she plucked up the courage she, to leave. She walked out in 1989. She didn't tell anyone about the sexual and physical abuse until she was spoken to the police by the police much, much later. Now, another collective member told, him, told about how Bala regularly came storming into a room and slapped her across the face without warning. She said, this happened so often that she cannot remember any specific occasions save once when he slapped her so hard which made her ear bleed. She couldn't hear anything and when she put her hand to her ear she felt liquid coming out of it, which was blood. To this day, that woman still suffers from moderate, severe, moderate to severe hearing loss. So let's talk about this daughter. She was never told who was her mother and was actually thought of by the collective as a project to be brought up as an asexual human steeped in the theory of communism. She was told... Why are they connected? Why is someone's sexuality connected to the thing of communism? I have no idea. I don't, I don't get that. I don't no. get the correlation. No, but who knows what was in... I mean, to be fair, we're trying to understand the, the workings of, my, of a mind of a man that is fucking mental. 
Thank you. I've got no answers to this. I'm just literally, I was jaw dropping when I was doing this. So she was actually told that her father was a Peruvian freedom fighter. Why Peruvian? I've got no idea. But Bala never told her that she, he was her father. So she was. T- so everyone else in the cult would have known this because he was the only man. Why didn't? That's the only bloke around. The assumption would be that it's. I know. Again, we're looking at. Yeah, but the, he said it was electrical interference. I mean, come on, Bar- Bala said it's electrical interference. We've got to believe him. Yeah. So Bala never told he was told her that he was her father. She never went to school. She was taught to read and write by the collective. She never saw a doctor or a dentist, never had any friends, never played alone outside. She was always accompanied by someone from the collective. Even if she went out, which was incredibly rare, to the garden, she was never actually left on her own. Neighbours at their many homes reported as having said that they never knew that a child lived there. So we're thinking unseen, unheard. Although, interestingly, at one point, someone did report to Lambeth Council that a child was living at an address who didn't go to school. The child could have been homeschooled, so it's odd that they did that. But then if they had a grudge of some sort, but he he fell out with everybody. But there doesn't appear to have been any record that this was followed up by the council. Now they have a statutory duty just to make sure, but you, you can still homeschool. Now, this child was that lonely. It said that she talked to the bathroom taps. Um, There's mention that she took some solace from reading Harry Potter books and Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure why Bala would have allowed such books in the house. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But he's gone to this point with magical and mystical thinking, hasn't he? What did he say? Magical. Magical? It's a new word. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's... He's losing the plot. We know this. So I say, I don't know why he would have allowed those books in. But then strange things had begun to happen to members of the collective by this point. Now, now they're thinking it's strange. It's the past many years of this this so-called messiah, essentially. Not weird. Well, this is stranger than the sexual abuse, the emotional abuse and the physical abuse. Sean Davis, his daughter's actual mother was left paralysed after falling from a second-floor bathroom window on Christmas Eve in 1996. His daughter later remembered seeing Sean tied up and gagged on the living room floor and was trying to escape. She paralysed and then she died. Sean's family were not informed by anyone in the collective. Remember, they have to cut them off, but they still didn't, which is interesting because she was the wealthy one. As mm. well, so I don't know if he was still taking. I, I suspect he was still helping himself to her money then. Now the police were not alerted until after her death, which was eight months later, meaning it was not fully investigated. So she died, and then eight months after that, the police were told about it, and it was, it wasn't properly investigated. In two thousand and four, another member of the sect, a Malaysian woman called O Kareng, died after hitting her head on a kitchen cabinet and suffering a stroke. The police were not called and she was said to have died of natural causes. She was subsequently cremated and her family, again, weren't told. Oh, they said she died of natural causes? The stroke. Okay. The stroke is natural causes. So she she whacked her head and then she had a stroke. They eventually got her medical treatment. She went to hospital. She died in hospital. The hospital put down the, the stroke as being 
the reason she died. Not that they've actually hit her head. Yeah, and hitting her head could have caused a stroke. And was the wound on her head likely from whacking a kitchen head on a kitchen cabinet? We're talking to me here. No, no, and the, the, the assumption is that she was murdered by... Yeah, by, well, she was yeah. cremated... Um, so uh, her ashes were eventually found when this whole mess unraveled, and I hope they were returned to the family. But because she was cremated, they can't. It is doubtful. Yeah. So in 2005, Barla's daughter was then aged 22. She ran away from the cult to a police station, but was turned away by a civilian member of staff. Wait, say that again. Yeah. No, 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 no. Say the whole thing again. In 2005, Barla's daughter, who was then aged 22... How has this cult been going on for 40 years? Exactly. How has it got been going on for, for 40 years? Exactly. So, so his daughter ran away and she was, she was turned away by a civilian member of staff at the police station. With no experience of cars and the road and visibly petrified, a member of the public approached this young woman. And when... She was told that she had run away from home. They directed her to the police station in Streatham, where she told the front office staff that she'd run away from home and could they help her? This civilian member of staff said there was nowhere for the young woman to go because it was a bank holiday and sent her back to Comrade Barlow without alerting any officers. That's like that... Is it is it the Dalma thing where that yes. that young boy yes. ran away holding his head, clear yep. sexual abuse, and the police said, oh, he's fine, let's give him back yeah, to the... Yeah, it's my boyfriend, yeah. It's my boyfriend. We just had a fight, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they, 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 that, actually... that person should genuinely be tried for something. They didn't get in any trouble. I know it's. I know you get professional immunity. That's why police can't be personally tried. No, themselves. this was a civilian. No, I know, and they're working on behalf of the yeah. police station, but they themselves have failed to have any form of duty of care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Why shouldn't they be chucked in the bin? Well, they rang him. And he he he. If, if I if I run away, okay, okay, listeners. If you run away from home, who's the last person you want the police the police to call? It's the person you've run away from. I was surprised they had a telephone in the house, but that's a whole other story. Um, the but, fascists probably made that. Well, they they, they rang him and exp- and said, you know, we've got your daughter here. Says so she's run away from home, and he gave him a cock and ball story, and they basically said, come and get her, and they just handed her over to him. So of course. She was called a traitor and a police agent and she was beaten, beaten repeatedly for daring to de- defy his instructions. So it took a further eight years before this sorry little man was unmasked. He, he really is a sorry little man. All the, all the show notes will, will have the links and you can go and take, take a look at pictures for yourself. But you'll see what I mean. By now he was down to six members within the collective and it began to properly come undone. The collective did, as I said before, at some point, they got a TV towards the end of the reign of his terror. And that actually helped this mess to come to an end. When one of the collective, it said, was watching a documentary in 2013 and realised that they were being abused and managed to reach out to a charity to get help. Now, I think it might have been his daughter, as it very convoluted trying to keep track of all the victims... It seems that a collective member called Josephine... Wouldn't, sorry, sorry to interrupt with this, but this cult has been going on for 40 years. Mm. How old is he at this point? He's in his... This is early 70s. This is in his 70s. So he's in his 70s. Mm. Wouldn't... And, and you say that it took until 2013 for that person to realise that they're being abused. I don't know why it took... That's why I think it's his daughter. It took so long. I, I, I understand that, but... Wouldn't after okay, give it the benefit of the doubt. After a couple of years in this cult, and you realize that anything that this person is 
is it espounding? Mm-hmm. Espousing. That word. Their ideology, their ideas, the fact that they can do all these things, that they're this this god, and you've had zero improvement in anything or any development in anything they've been saying. Wouldn't you kind of think, well, this is this is bollocks? Yeah, but this is why we're talking about brainwashing. No, I know, but they're completely. I, I, I know they have this cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Related to it, and that's part of the trauma of being in a cult. But I don't know. It's, I've, re- I've really struggled with This is why you're boggled. It. I was boggled. Right. As I said, this collective member called Josephine, she was very unwilling, but she took this Bar- Barla's daughter, who was 30 at this time, to this charity for, for help. Um, from what I read, the, the daughter begged and pleaded and begged and pleaded, and this Josephine had, had basically looked after her. And it was, obviously, she'd known her since she was first born. And she thought i think she thought she was going to drop her off and then go back to her life and that's not quite what happened the charity that they went to must have been persuaded must have persuaded them how to contact the police somehow how no idea how they managed to convince them but they did and that's when it all came crumbling down the police start an investigation um about the claims that these two members supported by the charity and were, were absolutely horrified by what they found When the police searched the South London house where they were living at the time, they were confronted with books stacked high on the floor and hoarded newspapers. No biggie to start, but they expanded the search a bit. A lock-up revealed another 3,000 items, and only as they began the long and often difficult task of reading the entries and descriptions, the detectives were able to unravel how the 75-year-old had been able to impose his will over a group of women for so long. Now, remember that the members of the collective were required to write down their every movement, thought and bodily functions as required by Bala. Isn't this just a really good way to gather evidence? That's exactly, that was the undoing. Yeah, that was exactly it. it. They've had the past 40 years of everything he's done. Yeah. So thousands of entries in these notebooks detailed evidence of his brutality emerged. One mentioned his daughter, then aged about four, being beaten 63 times. Now, another collective member had to have written that all down so mm. they knew you know i'm surprised they didn't get in trouble for writing that down to be honest i surprised they didn't go after the members for child abuse and no no not them because they themselves are victims mm. you can't expect it wasn't that what i mean is i'm surprised that um bala, bala would allow them to write down this stuff in the first place because you might you might not want any evidence of it or to pretend that it didn't happen it wasn't a beating it was I don't believe divine intervention from God. I don't believe he thought he'd done anything wrong, or any of it was yeah, any that's wrong. True. Yeah. So Bala's wife of forty-four years, Chandra, was initially arrested, but no charges were brought. Her sister Shobna lived with them uh, as part of the collective. She was confined to a wheelchair after a childhood accident. The collective was actually built around her, um, with her council carers coming in, and they were some of the few visitors that were ever allowed in the house. But none of the carers ever knew that there was a child there and she was hidden away every time they visited. Obviously, never having seen a doctor, the charity made sure that Bala's daughter was checked out. She could barely walk and they knew something wasn't right. She was diagnosed with diabetes and chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. Bala actually told the court when he eventually came to trial that he'd never seen a doctor in 50 years and his personal belief was that the NHS stood for Never Help Self. What? You couldn't come up with a better acronym. He also, to- he also told the court that her medical condition was nothing whatsoever to do with him. 
Well, he would, wouldn't he? On the 17th of December 2014, Barla appeared at Westminster Magistrates Court, charged with offences relating to cruelty to a person under 16, four counts of rape and 17 counts of indecent assault. What? Was that it? Or was that just this one thing? That's enough to start with. The trial actually didn't start until the 11th of November 2015, so it's almost a year later, 11 months later, where the charges were amended to seven counts of indecent assault, four counts of rape and three counts of assault occasioning actually bodily harm and one count of cruelty to a child under 16 and one count of false imprisonment. Of course, he pled not guilty. Only one count, though. It's what they can prove. And sometimes they keep stuff behind because if they get off on one batch, they've got something else to try and have another yeah, go true. with them. Yeah, So Barlow was the, his only defence witness. It's a bit odd as collective members still defend him, even to this day, publicly. I have read websites and some refuse, some of the, the collective members refuse to give police statements and therefore they couldn't be part of the prosecution. But with the weight of the evidence and Barla's own self-belief of importance and grandiosity, it was pretty much a slang dunk getting a conviction on this one. So let's get to the mess that was the trial. I can only imagine the faces of everybody in court, and especially the jury, when he started on with these claims. They were. This is where you're going to you, 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 you're going to boggle. So, so in in the other in the other podcast that we've done, I kind of I might get irate or slightly agitated, but when when there's something really fucky like this, I get really annoyed and I get really loud and just. You're engaged. That's I get energized and annoyed. Right. So these were his claims in court. Okay, you ready? All right. I say that, and I'm like, yeah, I've got fucking gone then. A challenge to his leadership resulted in the 1986 Space Shuttle Challenger disaster. So, espousing on Jackie, this electronic war- satellite warfare machine... That which, stupid acronym of gods. Yeah, built by the Communist Party of China and the People's Liberation Army. And he said, it's got unbelievable control. It can pull your head out from your body and was responsible for the death of a Malaysian prime minister. He also tried to claim that it was an election of the leader of the Labour Party, but he was cut off before he could mention actually any names. They cut him off short in court. It was really odd. He told the court that this Jackie could cause volcanoes and natural disasters. He was asked to clarify why the Challenger shuttle disaster was down to his collective, and he responded that it was a direct response to one of the members of his collective hassling me. Asked by his own defence barrister, poor fella getting that job, where the machine was, he said, I can't tell you because it might put you to sleep. The barrister actually said, oh, I I don't mind, you can tell me, but he just wouldn't answer him. Of course, there's there's no defence to any of these charges. It's all complete and utter hogwash. So on the 4th of December 2015, Aravindan Balakrishnan was convicted of child cruelty, false imprisonment, four counts of rape, Six counts, six counts of indecent assault and two counts of assault. On the 29th of January 2016, he was jailed for... Do you want to give me any ballpark idea what okay, you think? Okay, so is it something going to be really dumb, like three weeks, or is it going to be something like 100 years? It was pretty impressive for British court systems, I've got to admit. Is it, is it something like 200 years? 23 years. Okay, I'm, I'm well off. Why only 23 years? Why is that person not in prison for... I know he's old... Why is he not in prison for life with something like that? Well, someone that's done something like this, and I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that people can go to prison and be reformed and come out much better than when they entered. But when someone has done something for so long to so many people, 
that is fundamentally a part of your character that can't be reformed. Why is this person only in prison for 23 years? He could conceivably get out. That shouldn't happen. I don't know whether they were... Um, the sentences were concurrent, which I suspect some of them would have been, and some of them might have been the other one, consecutive. Yeah, possibly. But I don't know. For, for someone to, to cause so much harm to so many people for so long, why are you let off for something so light? I know 23 well, years isn't isn't a, a light sentence, but upon reflection of the, the crimes committed, it definitely is. Well, There are people that go to prison for, for much longer, for much less. Yeah, I, I don't, don't disagree with you. We've been here before. Remember the, the case, Eric Hingston case, where, available in our archives, where she got, she served a year, didn't she? she yeah. Got, yeah, so I don't know. He was 74 when, when convicted. So even if he gets time off for good behaviour, he will be 86, 87 when he gets out. That's not long enough. No, I know. I don't disagree with he you. He needs to be permanently put in the bin. Yeah, I don't, don't disagree with you. So Josephine, remember we talked about her. She was the one who took his daughter to the mm. charity. I read a couple of articles about her. She still absolutely believes in him. She says she can't live without him and she can't live without the collective. She was later diagnosed with Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, I, I could have done that. But she refuses point blank to believe it, which is kind of expected. But I could have diagnosed her with Stockholm Syndrome. The dog could have diagnosed her with Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. She was, I believe, a musician and she went to a very prestigious musical school. And she um, said that she got kicked out because she wore a, a male badge on her clothing and they, they expelled her for it. And I sat there and I thought, what a load of rubbish. And I thought to myself, hang on a minute, 70s and 80s, it could well have happened. Even then, um, if you get removed from stuff like that, it isn't... And the reason why it holds up and it's completely fair, it isn't down to your specific ideation, it's any you can't display that anywhere yeah that was and yeah. it isn't because oh it's communist or it's libertarian conservative blah 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 or whatever capitalist blah it's you can't display any yeah. and it yeah. isn't isn't down to the specifics which i understand that's that's as far as it can be now i think the police or the authorities are still looking into sean's death but can't imagine they'll have much luck unless it's in those thousands of books that they found and they're still going through them are they, are they? Well, are they? He's convicted. What's going? It's, I don't know. Cynically looking through it, it sounds like it'd be a waste of police effort, which is notoriously mismanaged in the first place. And the only thing I've got to finish on is um, a random interesting fact about Kerala, where he was born. Um, it has a population of roughly 35 million and is 15,000 square miles. And what? I thought that was in size. And I thought that was quite big. But if you put that into the context of the UK, we're roughly 93,000 square miles and a population of 67 million. Yeah, I thought that was really... That sounds really dense. Yeah. That's, that sounds incredibly packed. Yeah. I, that surprised me. That really did surprise me. But that's the random thing that I looked up about Kerala afterwards. And yeah, that is that is the case. Usually, I, kinda, I get shown pictures throughout the recording of this or at least at the end at a specific point. But I, I think we're going to... 
we're going to forego that because it's kind of strange to be shown a picture then asked to comment on it and the only thing i can think of is yeah they look kind of they look kind of weird but that doesn't really add anything of value but looking at the pictures that i was shown there and i know what i just said and i'm then going to comment on it i don't think there's any way that someone could look in that would instill confidence in a cult for example i don't think there's any way that someone could look mm-hmm. that would make you think oh yeah they're worthy of running a cult there's a woman that joe rogan had on his podcast called ayan hersey ali she's a Human, right, human rights activist and she comes back she's got a quite interesting story where she ran away from a, an arranged marriage came over to the UK via like a circuitous route mm-hmm. and eventually got here and she talks about how her dad went to the mosque one day came back said oh, I found a husband for you to marry and then she's sort of the idea is that you just sort of get chucked yeah. away with him and then you're just forced to do this thing and that's that seems to be what has happened with this entire group of people that are non, non-native to England they they're just with this man, and I really don't understand why. I don't understand why this one person had so much power over so many people. No, I don't. Do, do you think it's natural for maybe from the cultures where these people come from that they're just in part sub, of it, sub, not subservient, but they're just they they are brought up to revere um, men of power. And why why communism? <laughs> it was. Very, I hate to say this, but it was very trendy. It was hugely trendy. There were only two two, I, white British members of the cult. Sean Davis, who died, which is very likely yeah. that she was shoved out of a window because she'd gotten to the point of you're an arsehole. And then this other lady who eventually took the daughter to the charity. They are the only two that were white British. I wonder as well, as we said, the, the members of the collective were mainly foreign international students. And I wonder if, as well, because if some of it was English as a second language, it's the only way that they could all communicate. And there is some mental jiggery-pokery that he was playing with them over it. I just don't know. It's just complete and utter brainwashing. But, but yeah, that's it's in. It, if you look this case up, it's sold as a slavery case that the, the cult members... Yeah, and it, whereas it doesn't seem like a slavery... It, it seems more, more like a sex exploitation it's power a cult. dynamic thing. It's an absolute yeah. cult based around communism. How often do you hear that? Um, I mean, I know there's political ideology is it, around Is it the some... Heaven Gate cult? Was, that's a huge one where they... That's what the saying, they drink the Kool-Aid comes from, isn't it? No, you'll think... No, that is Jim Jones, Ghana. That's the Kool-Aid. And it wasn't Kool-Aid, I believe. It was Gatorade. Um, Kool-Aid, I believe, at the time was is like a squash that you mixed mm. it up, and they ran out of Gatorade and they mixed up all the sedatives and the poisons and everything in, and they used Kool-Aid to do it. And it's because obviously he, well, you won't know. It was obviously. like a comet or something, wasn't it? And they said that's that's one. No, that he- that's Heaven's Gate. That's some, that's you, we're mixing up two cults here. Heaven's Gate. They believed that there was ha- it was Hail Bop, the ha- Halley's Comet or Halley's Comet. And it was in the tail of the comet was where the spaceship was hiding. And when they all committed suicide or passed on... The, that would pick them that up. That would pick them yeah. up and they'd go on. But he was Marshall, Marshall Applewhite. And you can watch the videos and, like, and he's absolutely... You're looking at him and you're thinking, OK, he's scary. He's scary. He's, he obviously believes everything he's saying. Mm. With Jim Jones, the Kool-Aid one, it, yeah, well, just explain that. that was, they, they killed a US senator. That's why that was never going to fly. In the cases that we've done before, it seems to be that something bad has happened to the person and they've died. But this one here just is especially, I don't know, it's strange because it's prolonged. These people being under such trauma and abuse for so long 
I think the difference is because it's, it's, it's for literally decades that they're in they're prisoners to this, this little little fucker. I think you and I probably both struggle with this, and this is why we fight. We're on episode thirteen now. It's surprising we've managed to get this far because the joke on our um, Instagram is, or I think it's on the podcast. You know, come for the crime, stay for the arguments. Trust me, we argue. You and I wouldn't put up with this. Neither of us do well with being told what to do. Neither of us do well with being told what to think. We are quite capable of independent thought and analysis. If someone tells you to do something, I go, yeah, but why? Why do you want me to do that? Yeah, that's I, your... I immediately ask why. And I've got in trouble for that quite a few times. I get asked to do something, and if it's within my... I'm obviously a hell of a lot older. If it's within my remit, I'll do it. If it's something odd, I'm exactly the same. It's like, why? Why do you need me to do that? Why are you asking me? If it's a case of, why are you picking me and not that one? Oh, Go no, pick that one. It's not even that. If someone says, oh, no, can, I am. oh can you take this downstairs? Why? Oh, yeah, that's just... Not, yeah. not, why do you want me to do it? It's, what's the purpose of this being downstairs? Why do I have to do this now? Or, why does it even need to be downstairs oh, yeah, in the first place? It's just... Yeah, that's why I I immediately question authority, and I don't know why. But if 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 someone if it's fucking obvious, like you need to move the car as a as an ambulance coming, that doesn't need it. I'd like to we're say seg- we're segueing very rapidly away from the podcast case now. Where we're talking about cults, and now we're talking about arguments from authority and stuff. But it, it's all linked in. I mean, I I I'd like to think that we wouldn't be swayed, but my experience from from reading so much stuff over the years is if someone's that good at manipulating, we possibly could be. Uh, it, this is why they, they separate people from their families. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a key manipulator thing. You you convince, yeah. you remove them from their support network and then you become the only one they if have. You came, if you came home, once lockdown eventually bloody finishes, and said, oh, by the way, I've just met so-and-so and so-and-so and I'm going to a meeting and blah, 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 and you kept on with it. After all, I'd say, I'd ask, start asking you questions that you wouldn't be able to answer because you're not feeding back the narrative that you've been given and making you think for yourself. And these people were not allowed to think for mm. themselves. But it does worry me, say, this trade union member and this nurse, was the nurse at work never mentioned? Didn't You know, some people are quite comfortable being loners, but you'd hope at some point somebody would think something's or, not right. Or you think this person that's a nurse who has... A duty of care over the patients that provide compassion, relief, and blah blah blah. Are they not seeing the same things at work as they're experiencing at home, or victims of abuse, yeah. etc.? But then, because they're so deep within this, I, I, I don't know the answers to it. You asked me for a cult, and boy, did I give you one. Yeah, you got me, got me a cult. Oh, we're really shit at ending the podcast. There, there never seems to be a point. Ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Thanks for coming. We don't have a guest, so we just got oh, there. It is bye, and we're done. Anyway, again, bye. some of the behind the scenes and spicy spicy memes you can find us on twitter and instagram at murder me on monday podcast and email us at murder me on monday podcast at gmail.com that's all from me much love peace